Welcome to the Reaching In Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor David. The Reaching In Podcast is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Newport News, which focuses on your spiritual growth with an emphasis on sincere devotion, lifelong discipleship, and authentic discussion. Welcome to the Reaching In Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Holiday Prep Series. That's right, folks. The holidays are upon us, and we are going to help you prepare for those holy days in a four-part series. And of course, this is part one, folks. So thank you for joining us. We hope We thank you for indulging us with our holiday sounds i know for some of you this is a that was a little cringeworthy but we are we here at the reaching in a we here at the reaching in podcast are excited to meet with you one more time we always look forward to the times that we can listen to each other in discussion and i love interacting with you in the comments thank you so much for those of you that made the fall fest a success it was a sweeping success we had so many bags of candy, so many people came out to support, and it was a great event, a great time had by all. Um, also, want to thank everyone for your comments. Um, we, we even rose up in some subscribers. We're getting close to 100 subscribers. That's exciting. Those of you who enjoyed our Light and Darkness series, we're so glad that you enjoyed it, that you found it helpful to you. You shared it. Thank that you, you shared it with others. It. And so we want to keep this thing rolling. So this is the holiday prep series. So Anita, why don't you take it take it away? Well, before we get to the holiday prep series, I have some holiday trivia for us. Wonderful. So let's see how well you are, Pastor David, at answering some Christmas questions. Oh, I'm not good. <laughs> There's none good. All right. This is actually the easy section here. Okay. Okay. In the song, Frosty the Snowman, what made Frosty come to life? What made Frosty the Snowman come to life? Now, I, I full disclosure, I did not know this until I asked you a couple of minutes before we got on. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you that be, I really didn't know until you told me. Um, but if you ask most people, they would say demons. No, they <laughs> would not say demons. <laughs> You with your twisted mind was a demon. An old silk hat. An old silk hat. Yes, it was his hat. To demons. No. (laughs) All right, here's the next question, you weirdo. What Christmas decoration was originally made from strands of silver? Garland? I don't know. Tinsel. Tinsel? I don't even see, I don't even know what tinsel is. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm batting 0 for 2 here. Okay, this next one you should also get because we talked about this one recently. Who played George Bailey in the Christmas classic, It's a Wonderful Life? Now, I knew the last name was Stewart, but I said John Stewart. Of The Daily Show. Instead of Jimmy Stewart. Which is the correct answer. Yes. Jimmy Stewart. But I knew it was Stewart. It's a Wonderful Life is my all-time favorite movie. Not just my favorite Christmas movie. It is my actual favorite movie. Put in the comments, what is your favorite Christmas movie? That's right. Your favorite Christmas 
movie. We own that movie in black and white and I think in Technicolor. In color, which I didn't think I was going to like, but I actually did enjoy it. Yes. Anita is a great uh, follower of It's a Wonderful Life and all the holiday movies. She introduced me to Elf, uh, which I I had not seen prior to being with her. I know I'm the terrible American, but... um, (laughs) This is where we come to speak the truth in love. Yes, so. <laughs> yes. And so, to be discipled. I look forward to reading your movies uh, in the comments. Which, what's your favorite Christmas movie? I will say that in recent years, Anita and I have enjoyed the Nativity Story. That is our favorite tradition. This is something that we've made a tradition that yes. we watch every holiday. Every Christmas Eve. Every Christmas Eve. We After watch- service, we come home and we watch the Nativity Story. And it is a wonderful movie. Wonderful Uh, wonderful depiction of the birth of our Lord and Savior. And so again, thank you guys for indulging us. We are going to get right into it. The holiday prep series in part one, we want to focus on the emotional, mental state of the people, of you, the listener, as we get into and as we approach these holidays that are coming up, especially for 2020. This is the 2020 holiday prep series. Yes, yes, it is. And we know that normally during the holidays, it can be a stressful time for people. Um, it can be a depressing time for people. We look at the year and how we have spent the year, whether we've had some financial instability or whether we had some sort of loss, whether it was the death of a loved one or a job loss or divorce. No, those are things that have happened to people throughout the year. Or maybe we just have relatives that have experiences or friends who are. And so if you are in a good place emotionally and mentally, then praise God. Amen. That is wonderful. But we as Christians can still reach out to others that are not in that place and not where uh, we would want them to be. So this part of the series is to help with the emotional and mental state and dealing with the holidays, yes, but holiday season of 2020. That's right, folks. We're talking about having to go into the holidays, as Anita pointed out, with the normal stresses, but now you have COVID-19, we've got an impending election. By the time you hear it, uh, we're going to be, it's election day. It's the day that uh, people are putting in their votes if they haven't already. And there's anxiety about who's going to win and what the future of the country will be. We're waiting on a vaccine to save us all um, from this this terrible illness, uh, this virus. And of course, you've got the normal depression, anxiety, stress that comes with the holidays. And so this episode is for you. If you're not okay right now, take take a moment to think about where you are right now, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. Um, If you're not in a good place right now and you're listening to this podcast, this is for you. We want to be here to help you navigate and prepare yourself for the holidays because it's going to come whether you like it or not. Time continues to tick. And before you know it, you're going to be at the holiday Christmas party for your job. Or maybe you're going to be at a relative's house or Zooming with relatives or whatever it is. And we want to make sure that you're in the right place. So first and foremost, you know, we want to let the scriptures lead us in our discussion. And let's go to that classic passage, Philippians chapter four, verses six through eight. And we want to talk a little bit about autopilot anxiety, autopilot anxiety. And I coined that that term, that phrase, because 
we as people, as human beings with a fallen sinful condition, we don't have to work hard to become anxious. We are by very, by our very sinful nature, we are anxious people. You know, we're either concerned about what could happen, what might happen, what did happen, what's gonna happen, what we, you know, we're always, it's very easy for us to become anxious. And so in Philippians chapter four, Anita, if you could read uh, Philippians chapter four, verses six through eight, and let's hear what the Lord has to say about anxiety. This is the Christian standard version. It says, don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence, and if there is anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. Thank you, Nita. And so here we see in verses six and seven of Philippians chapter four, God is addressing anxiety. He's, he's addressing the very reality of the fact that we will have anxiety. We will have anxious feelings. And folks, you don't have to search very far. I used to work in the pharmacy world. I was a pharmacy technician for some years and anxiety medication. And I'm not, we're not saying that we're against it. We're just, I'm just making the point here that a lot of people are on anxiety medication, which proves that many people are suffering with anxiety. I even have a close family member that suffers with anxiety. And so the Bible is here. While those medications may assist and help in some ways, we see here God is addressing that topic by saying, do not be anxious for anything. There's no area of life that God wants you to be anxious. And we know the cousin of anxiety is worry. In other words, there's nothing God says, worry about this mm -hmm. or worry about that. He says, don't worry about what you're going to put on, the clothes you're going to wear, or the food you're going to eat. Look at how I've provided for the world, the created world. And so in verses six and seven, God is giving you directive to not be anxious, but to do something else. What is he telling them to do, Anita? He tells them to pray. And how? And to have to pray prayers of thanksgiving mm -hmm. and to present your requests to God. So if there is anything that you lack, if there's things that you need, he's inviting you to ask him for it. Mm. And the great part about it is that in verse seven, at the very first phrase of verse seven, what does it say? In the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So the anxiety that started in verse six gets answered in the beginning of verse seven, saying that the peace of God, which surpasses your comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds. And I love that it it's beyond comprehension, meaning you won't be able to explain the peace that you're experiencing. It'll just happen. God will give you supernatural peace that isn't something you can say, well, I did this or I did that, or it was uh, result of circumstances. Because a lot of times, and Anita can test, you can testify this as well, sometimes when we pray, the situation doesn't change. But prayer isn't always to change the situation. Mm -hmm. It's there to change you because yeah. you're the one experiencing the anxiety. And the Bible is clear that in this world, we're going to have troubles. We're going to have frustrations, but God wants us to focus on him. And I love how he says, bring your requests. 
I mean, if, if, if he's telling you to bring your request, that means you're a needy person, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, what do you think about the neediness of the Christian um, in prayer? What When we pray, what are we telling God in, in essence? Well, I think, I mean, to answer how you were phrasing it at first, that is the posture of the Christian, to be in need, to be with your arms raised up and mm-hmm. you're on your knees and you just are like, you know, even if it's just figuratively, like, or just in a spiritual state, like, God, I need, mm-hmm. I need. And hopefully you end it with, I need you, not right. just gimme, gimme all these things, but no, God, I need more of you mm-hmm. because I know that if I have you, I am going to have peace. Jesus is the Prince of peace. So if I have you, then I'm going to have that peace. Mm-hmm. You know, you Fill it in with anything else, but whatever your needs are, if we recognize that God will supply all of our needs, then that means that we can go to him for whatever mm-hmm. and lift our arms up and just invite him to be with us as he's inviting us to bring our petitions to him. Yeah. It's it's interesting how he says, in everything, be anxious for no thing, but in everything. So is there anything that we shouldn't bring to God in prayer? Is there anything, any situation, circumstance, are we saying anything can be brought to God in prayer? Yes, that's what we're saying. Okay. Well, that's what the Bible is saying. That's what the Bible is saying. So I will agree with the word. You know, it's funny sometimes when you hear like little kids, when they, when you teach them about prayer, they'll pray about anything. Mm -hmm. They'll pray about their toys. They'll pray, they'll pray about food. They'll, they'll pray about their their sneakers, they'll just pray about any and everything. And it's funny, you know, as you get older, you know, we're so sophisticated. Uh, We don't bring everything to God in prayer. There are certain things we think we can handle. Mm -hmm. There are certain, because, you know, uh, adults are responsible, right? And as responsible adults, we take on burdens, we take on loads, we take on stresses and we hold on to them thinking that we can handle them. But as as we saw, you're not able to handle these things. He's telling you the anxiety is is not what I want you to have. The worry that you have, you think that's an adult. That's that as an adult, you're supposed to have those things. You know, mm-hmm. you know. We, it's funny. Like we tell kids, kids shouldn't be stressful. They should only have fun. And then as adults, it's like the symbol of an adult is sweat on your brow and tiredness. It's like wrinkle lines, wrinkle lines, frown. <laughs> You've proved you're an adult because you're stressed out all the time. <laughs> Amen. Congratulations. And, you know, anxiety and worry, they don't propel you. They immobilize you as a believer, mm-hmm. you know, anxiety does that. And in Proverbs 12, verse 25, we're going to move on to outside help. We need exterior help. We can't help ourselves by soul searching or looking within. Proverbs 12, verse 25 says, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression but a good word makes it glad. That's Proverbs 12, verse 25. And that's an amazing verse to me because the Bible clearly is saying this anxiousness that you have, this stress, this this worry, this despair or sorrow that you're feeling, it causes depression. But what is the answer? A good word. And it's not a good word that comes from within you. It's a good word that comes that you that comes to you, you know? And where do we get our good words from? We get it from the word of God. Yeah. I think, you know, I think on a very, um, like one level is that you can hear someone 
say something kind to you. Someone mm-hmm. might compliment you or someone might notice that you seem down and maybe they make you chuckle. Maybe they tell you a joke or, or say something that makes you smile. But really, I think that it's talking about the word of God. Mm-hmm. That when you get into the word, that is what can cheer you up. That's what can lift your spirits. Um, I'm not going to promise that it will happen instantly. Right. But if you are faithful and you remain in the word, then eventually it, it can. It, it absolutely can change, mm-hmm. change your countenance. And part of that has to do with verse eight, kind of flipping back to Philippians four in that verse eight. It talks about the things that we're supposed to think on and meditate on. And there is a direct correlation, folks. Obviously, this is no this is no newsflash that when we focus on the things of this world and when we focus within, we're going to be anxious. We're going to be stressed out. We're going to be frustrated. You know, you fixate on that email you got from the boss. You fixate on the news report that you heard. You fixate on the Facebook post that somebody posted about whatever it is that they wanted to express themselves about. You focus on the diagnosis the doctor just said or the prognosis that he said. You know, you focus on a marriage that is not where you would like it to be or that is crumbling. You focus on a child that's not performing well. But we need help that is above and beyond us. We, we can't look within or look to the left or to the right. A good, the good word, as Anita, as you pointed out, is not a word that comes from the left or the right, but comes from above. And that word comes from the scriptures themselves. And it comes from being around believers who can point you to the word yes. as well. Yes. Um, that's very important. And so in verse eight, we don't have time to go through it, but I encourage you as a listener, go back through those elements in verse eight of what things you should meditate on, what things you should think about and stop being lazy with your thought life. Because remember, if you don't do something deliberate about your thought life, you'll fall back into that autopilot anxiety that is described in verses six and seven. And so in Proverbs 12, verse 25, we need outside help. The anxiety that you're experiencing right now, the stress and the sorrow is coming from your own heart. And so the heart can't be the place that you look to get the answer. You need a good word. And that good word comes from the scriptures themselves, which leads us to another text in John 16, verse 33. And in John 16, verse 33, it reads, these things I have spoken to you. This is Jesus speaking that in me, you may have peace in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And this point I'd like to call joy in the midst of darkness and discouragement, not joy in spite of, but in the very midst of the darkness and the discouragement that's around us. Jesus says, you will have this tribulation, but in, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. What is When you hear that verse, Nita, what is that speak to you as far as what is Jesus trying to communicate as far as the reality of life and and how does it, how can we use that to help us during these holiday times? The reality part is that you're going to have trouble. Mm-hmm. I don't, there's, there's no one, no one that's been on this earth, including Jesus that did not experience tribulation or trouble. So we all are going to have it, but as believers, we have the promise from Jesus that he's overcome all of those things. Mm-hmm. And so he can help us to overcome as well. Absolutely. We see a lot of disunity right now. Um, there's a lot of 
us versus them talk, red versus blue, police versus the citizen, so on and so forth. And it's interesting that in the first part of verse 33, it says, these things I've spoken to you, these good words, remember we just said a good word makes us glad. So Jesus says, these things I've spoken to you that in him, we may have peace. You know, peace is not something that you can purchase. It's something that Jesus, the Prince of Peace, can give us. And once again, the definition of peace is not the absence of conflict. Mm -hmm. But going back to Philippians, it's having that security even when things aren't going well. Mm -hmm. um, that peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. Peace is having security that no matter whether things are right or wrong, um, it's still, it's okay. And mm -hmm. you're going to be okay. Yeah, definitely. I love that Jesus doesn't tell you to go to the peace emporium or the peace store. He's like, it's me. Mm -hmm. Like in me, you may have peace. You can't have peace outside of Jesus. And maybe you're a, maybe you're a strong believer and you're like, I know this already. This is great. I need to share this with somebody else. But maybe you're a believer that hasn't really been pressing into the Lord as much as you ought to because of maybe COVID-19, because of maybe things that are going on in your life. Um, we want to encourage you that it's in Jesus that you're going to find your peace. It's in Jesus that you're going to find that joy. It's in Jesus that you're going to find that love. It's in Jesus that you're going to find that happiness. It's not in anyone else or anywhere else. Because if you look in those places, at best, you'll find an imitation. You'll find a bootleg cabbage patch doll that isn't real you know <laughs> it looks like it's the real deal but it, it ain't real it's <laughs> fake it's phony it's like back in the day when my mom and dad couldn't afford to get me the real transformer so they got me something else and it was a boat that turned into a robot but it wasn't a licensed transformer and it was my older brother joked me so hard about that i felt terrible that i had some inferior product that wasn't yeah. even the real deal that reminds me of when my parents wanted to get my sister and me Cabbage Patch dolls. They had just come out. Mm -hmm. And the first year that they were out, sold out completely. They couldn't find them. Mm -hmm. And so they actually went, somebody told them where they could find it. And it ended up being an adult shop. What? Where they sold these dolls. All right, folks. That was a great episode of the Reaching <laughs> Podcast. But they wanted us to have them. And we we joke now that our dolls look like Wham, if you know the, the group. The group Wham. George Michael. Oh my goodness, and, we are dating yes, ourselves. They the two dolls look like they were in Wham and they smell like kerosene. <laughs> the following Christmas we did get actual cabbage patch dolls. And so right. it worked out. But yeah, my parents, they wanted us to have it so badly that they so real peace and joy comes in Jesus, <laughs> not in the kerosene cabbage patch dolls of the world. If I can use that as an analogy, folks. But um, but getting back to John 16, 33, I love his the last phrase in the world. Here's the Jesus is telling you the certainty of tribulation, not the possibility. And he gives us that reality check. But then he says, you can still be of good cheer. You can have good cheer even in a world that seems like it's going to to bits. It's being ripped apart by the very people within it. Why? Because he's overcome the world. And it's not that he's like, I didn't just level the scales, the morality scales. I didn't just 
meet it with an equal measure of goodness. I overcame death. I overcame sin. Yes. I overcame the grave. And therefore, you can be of not just cool a cool demeanor. You can be of good cheer. And maybe you're listening and you're like, I don't feel cheery. This is not my time of the year. I don't like it. Listen, this is Pastor David speaking. I don't love the holiday season either. No, I, he doesn't. I don't. It takes me a little while longer to get into it, but I'm letting you know that what helps me is when I focus on the, the reason for the season, the one who is the reason why we celebrate. You know, Thanksgiving isn't about the turkey. It's giving thanks to God for the fact that he's given me my family, my friends, and given me life and another year and all the blessings that he's given us. Yeah. And so... Um, Focus on the Lord. Don't focus on anyone else. Yes, the circumstance may change. Maybe you do get that promotion. Maybe you do get that extra stimulus check if they give it to us. But your hope can't be in that thing. It has to be in Christ because Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's not going anywhere. I hope you don't mind. I'll share part of your story. Um, for those that don't know, David's father had gotten really sick um, right during the holiday season. Um, his health started to decline and he actually passed away right after um, New Year, January 2nd. And so each year, as he said, it takes him a little longer to get into uh, the holiday spirit because I think he just remembers that time, you know, when he misses his dad, obviously. And so the holidays doesn't, he doesn't have the same feel for him as it might for other people. And so we take that time every year um, to also remember those who have lost a, a loved one during the year. We make sure that we lift you up in prayer because David has experienced that. He knows how it feels. Um, but there's other things that we also will do to help with him dealing with those things as well. And so one of those things is we start a new tradition. Um, we, we try to pray and read the Bible. Um, last year we were read through the book of Luke. We took a chapter each day and we read through that or, um, you know, just something that will help with the whole mental and emotional dealings of it. But as David said, it's definitely pushing into Christ. It's definitely getting into his word. It's not going to come outside of him. And so if you are um, struggling this holiday season, we we want to be able to provide you with some practical tips. Mm -hmm. We've already said prayer from yeah. Philippians 4. We definitely want to make sure we're praying. We Like I said, we pray for you, mm -hmm. but make sure you are praying and presenting your requests to God. Um, but David, what are some other practical tips that well, people can do? Obviously, check check your thought life. Check what you're taking in. If a good word can make you glad, are you receiving any good words? Yeah. You know, if you're fixating on on a pipeline of sewage, you're only going to get sewage. But if you go to where there's a clear, clean fountain of life, then you know you're going to get a good drink from that well. And so, you know, feast on good Bible reading you know, devotional, but also listen to sermons, listen to things that will uplift you. Do a series on a book of the Bible. Like Anita said, find ways to get into the word. Um, listen to music that will uplift you. If you're not into the Christmas music, play praise and worship music. There's mm -hmm. no rule that says you have to play Christmas music um, at this time. But 
allow yourself the the moment to spend with Jesus and tell him how you feel. Jesus wants to know. He's not a he's not intimidated or offended by the fact that you're depressed or you're sorrowful. Bring cast your burdens unto Jesus for he cares for you. And so often people don't get out of it because we're too afraid to cast it on him because we want to feel like we're strong enough or that we can handle it ourselves. Jesus one of his names is Emmanuel which is God with us. And why would God need to be with us? It's because we need him to be with us. He can't just, he didn't just stay on the throne. He came to earth and he wants to help you in whatever your circumstance is. And so that's a practical thing that I think you can, you can also do. I think another practical tip is to make sure that you do have accountability. Yes. Um, that if you don't already have someone that you can talk to when you are feeling down, someone who might be able to bring that good word for you, that you reach out this holiday season and find someone who can be that for you. Um, Let them know like either that you're going to call them or if they don't hear from you in a day or so that ask them if they'll call you and, and check, check on you. Um, If you know that you're the type that you'll just stay in the bed for longer than you should, you know, set an appointment, Mm -hmm. you know, Set an appointment with a friend that you're going to go grab some coffee or something, something that will get you up and moving and that you're not um, falling into a depression. And some of the best ways to get out of a funk is to help somebody else. Yes. And this um, is a perfect time of year. There there may be someone, there's, there could be a tradition that you start where you go and you volunteer during the holiday or, you know, you find you, you take one day, every day you're going to encourage one person and just say something complimentary. If you're not receiving good words and compliments, be that encourager to someone else. And I guarantee you, you're going to find out that people are going through. They're just not telling you all the time. Mm-hmm. And there are people that are enduring and, and really enjoy the fact that you were able to help them continue to walk this Christian life. And so, you know, this series is going to be four parts in total. This first part, we're focusing on the emotional, mental, spiritual aspects as you prepare you know, to go through this crazy and hectic time. But we want to encourage you to get back with us because next week we're going to get into how do I do life with others in this COVID-19, 2020 time period? How do I communicate well? You know, we're isolated, we're on cameras, we're speaking our minds. So we wanna know how do I relate with others? You know, maybe internally I'm okay, but how do I interact with other people in a God glorifying way? So we'll be getting into that next week in part two of the holiday prep series. How do I handle family, friends, and communication? Thank you once again for joining us for our holiday prep series. Today's episode talked about dealing with our emotional and mental health and how to fight against anxiety, stress, and depression. And that is found in going before the Lord. He is our Prince of Peace. He holds our joy. He is the God of all comfort. And so by going to him, we can experience all of those things. Remember that a good word can cheer you up. So get into the word. We read today in Philippians 4, 6 through 8. So you might want to write that one down to keep. Proverbs 12, 25. John 16, 33. All of those could be verses that you meditate on to help you mentally and emotionally. And as always... Keep pressing on and keep reaching in.
Thank you so much for listening. I hope you were engaged and encouraged. If you're hungry for more content, check out our ongoing Old and New Testament teachings available on our app or through our website, calvarynn.church, and follow us on social media. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in the Reaching In podcast belong solely to those individuals themselves and do not necessarily reflect the views of Calvary Chapel, Newport News.